The MicroWorks Foundation is selling masks to raise money for our next round of work ethic scholarships. They're comfortable, adjustable, made in the USA, and people love them. We've got gaiters and traditional masks in many styles and many colors, along with custom masks that say terribly clever things on the front, like, I'm smiling under this thing, and my personal favorite, Safety Third. Doesn't matter which one you order, 100% of the proceeds go to the MicroWorks Foundation, which means you should go to microworks.org slash shop and get some. That's microworks.org slash shop. This is the way I heard it. She was an orphan, living on the cold streets of a hard town, doing what she had to to get by. Unlike most runaways, she made no attempt to resist. In fact, she greeted them with a friendly smile and regarded the government vehicle without the usual suspicion. It seemed a warm place on a cold evening, which in fact it was. So she got in. Now it's hardly a secret. Orphans make great protagonists. Huck Finn and Harry Potter, Pip and Pollyanna, Dorothy Gale and Daenerys Targaryen. These are characters who stick with us, but their adventures were rooted in fiction. This one is not. And this particular orphan from these particular streets would help change the world as we know it. Twenty minutes after she was picked up, our protagonist was enjoying a hearty meal and a warm bath, both of which she needed. Then she slept. For the first time in memory, she slumbered uninterrupted. When she finally awakened, they fed her again and brought her to the classroom, where she joined a handful of other recruits in various stages of the program. Here, the training began in earnest. To the delight of her instructors, the orphan was a natural. Her instructors described her as unusually focused and a quick study. But it wasn't her aptitude that caught their attention. It was her demeanor. In every challenge, she remained unflappable, Seemingly immune to the stress and fatigue the program was designed to induce, her instructors were impressed, and the training was fast-tracked. Soon, it was clear she was the right candidate for the task at hand, and so the decision was made. On the big day, she was awakened before dawn and led to a small room. It was a poorly insulated and impossibly cramped room, but better than what she'd been used to. They positioned her, on a drab leather cushion and told her to remain as still as possible. Wires dangling from machines were attached to her skin. Food and water were left within easy reach. Our protagonist remained calm. She asked no questions and offered nothing but that same friendly smile before the men locked the door behind them. Outside, the instructors gathered around a monitor and hoped for the best. Most recruits lasted 15 or maybe 20 minutes before the claustrophobia became too much to bear. But she was different. Unfazed, she lay there for an hour, then another, and then another after that, gazing calmly at the gray metal roof a foot above her head, smiling that same curious smile. Finally, after three days, locked inside the cold and gloomy enclosure, the waiting ended. Buttons were pressed. Switches were flipped. The rumble of unfamiliar noises filled the air. Within moments, she was hurtling through the troposphere, the stratosphere, the mesosphere, 
the thermosphere, entering space at 18,000 miles per hour. She was an orphan in orbit, 4,000 miles above the streets she used to wander, the first female to leave the Earth's atmosphere. Those of you who remember the first days of the space race might recall the way the world looked to the sky and held its breath, praying for her safe return. In those days, no one knew how zero gravity would affect flesh and bone, but thanks to the orphan called Leica, the world was about to find out. She circled the Earth four times in zero gravity as the scientists far below monitored her vitals, duly recording every precious scrap of data until there was nothing left to monitor. Truth is, Leica's had always been a one-way ticket. You see, the Russians recruited an orphan from the frozen streets of Moscow because they needed a subject who could endure the cold of a poorly insulated capsule. And while Leica was, without question, the first female in space, she was not a woman. She was a 14-pound terrier mix with a friendly smile, a patient disposition, and two ears that bent in several directions at once. In other words, she was a dog with the right stuff. Sputnik 2 would carry her corpse another 2,566 orbits before plummeting to Earth, leaving no remains for a proper funeral. Her sacrifice, though, is still remembered by many, and if you visit the Soviet capital today, you'll see her back on the streets she once called home. There, memorialized in bronze, she stands upon a rocket and looks toward the heavens an eternal reminder to all those on two legs that one small step for man was only made possible by one giant leap from man's best friend. Anyway, that's the way I heard it.